Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers, joined by John DeShazer. Later in the episode, we're going to be joined by former Saints and former Carolina Panthers quarterback, Jake DeLome. Played the majority of his career there in the Panthers and is now an analyst for them on their radio broadcast. So fun conversation as we look ahead to week two. The Panthers 1-0 against us. The New Orleans Saints also 1-0, John. Lots coming out of Saints camp today. You were there. What did Coach Payton have to say? Well, a bit of a good news, bad news day, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, The bad news, we'll leave with that first, is obviously um, the reports are true with several coaches being uh, infected by COVID-19, and so they're not going to be able to work at least with the team right now. They're joining the team. Uh, via Zoom and doing their position work that way. But you have an offensive line coach, a receivers coach, um, tight ends coaches. So those guys are out um, for now. Again, they might be able to get the two positive, two negative tests, excuse me, uh, consecutively and be able to participate in this weekend's game in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. We will see how that goes later on in the week. But we do know that there are five coaches Uh, that are affected by that, as well as nutritionists and a player. Uh, So that would be the not-so-good news. And, you know, Coach Payton said they're just basically having meetings uh, in larger groups instead of having the position breakdown where you might have the tight ends group here, the receivers group here, the running backs group there. They're putting the offensive players together in one big group, and that way he and the remaining offensive coaches can address them that way. So that's how they're going to combat that. Uh, the good news, cornerback Bradley Roby, who was, you know, acquired in a trade last week from the Houston Texans, first day of practice today. So, and it's none too soon, really, because, we you know, Ken Crawley's already out at cornerback uh, when you're talking about having Desmond Trufant as well as Paulson Adebo at that position. So they need the depth. He's a proven player, Bradley Roby. Going to have to be a quick study because he's only going to have, you know, several days and nights to kind of crash course and, figure out what the Saints want to do in terms of their defensive game plan. Uh, I'm sure they already know what his strengths are, so they'll play to those strengths. Uh, But he did join the team today, will be eligible to play on Sunday after having served a six-game suspension. And uh, like I said, none too soon to have him out there on the field for the Saints. I did like Coach Payton's take on the situation that they had there with COVID and the coaches. He was laughing, making jokes about saying it's like Ted Lasso out there for them on the offensive side, just him and three other guys that are going to have to coach this upcoming game. He didn't seem too worried about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, fortunately the guys who are out there are pretty versed in, in you know, what what he wants done. Um, DJ Williams is out there with the receivers and he's been, you know, coaching the receivers with Curtis Johnson uh, for a long time. Uh, you've got Zach Streif out there who played offensive line for the Saints for a decade. And so, you know, you've got Coach Payton himself who has coached several positions on offense on his way up to becoming a head coach. Uh, so those guys understand what the game plan is and what they, you know, what they want out of those players. And certainly they'll, you know, work to make sure that they keep them in the best positions. I guess the main thing is, you know, not having players, you know, and and, that, and having to work around that. You know, we know Eric McCoy went out at center of the, of the season opener, so they navigated it well there. They'll continue to try to do that. Uh, again, I don't know uh, how how versed Zach Streif is as a coach, but I know when he played, he was like a coach on the field. He was like a coach in the locker room. So I think he kind of understands 
you know, what they want to teach in terms of a philosophy, a philosophy and what they want to do on the offensive line. Definitely. And I know Saints fans were excited on Twitter as we heard about Kenny Stills, wide receiver, coming back to the team on the practice squad currently for the New Orleans team. It's going to be fun if he can move in and make some things happen again for the squad. Now we're going to move to our conversation with former Panthers quarterback Jake DeLome and current radio analyst there for Carolina. Well, Jake, um, you guys are coming off a victory in week one. What were some of the things that you saw from Carolina that stood out for you? You know, I um, listen, we had a good win, I I think, first and foremost. Um, I know for me personally, I just wanted to watch the whole Sam Darnold play out. That's what I wanted to see. And uh, I thought he did some really good things. I thought they tried to pressure him. They I wanted to see what the Jets were going to try to do against him. I understand it's not the same staff that he had, but Joe Douglas was there last year as the GM. So you would assume they would think, hey, this is what we thought Sam might have had trouble with. Let's try to make sure we uh, do these early and often. But for the most part, Sam really did a great job. Uh, We had the one turnover inside the five-yard line when he bumped into the arm of the fullback on the fourth and one, which that's certainly costly. But I thought he did good. I thought the defense looked very well for Carolina with what I expected. I, I kind of feel like the defense, uh, the front, the linebackers, young, fast, secondary, you thought they would be they would be a pretty solid um, piece of this team, and, and, and it showed. Now, I'm not so sure what we played in the Jets, to be honest with you. I think they're still, they're still learning. We hit this young kid, Zach Wilson, early and often. And give him credit. The kid hung in there, stayed in there, and did some things uh, well in the second half. And um, But for the most part, you, you get a win, 19-14, but it never felt that close. Even early on in the game, it just we, – we were kind of kind of kicking ourselves a little bit, shooting ourselves in the foot. We just weren't – we weren't playing really well. And But it just – it never felt close, to be quite honest. So plenty of room for improvement, and it's going to have to be against <laughs> – what the Saints did this past weekend. Now, I'm going to ask a really, really, really dumb question, but you got to answer anyway. How yeah. much hope to have Christian McCaffrey back? <laughs> you know, I, I laughed during one portion of the game. He ran a play. It was just like a little inside zone to the left, and I started chuckling, and I told Mick Mixon, I said, he's inside runner, he's outside runner, he's a pass catcher, he's a pass blocker, but just his feet in the hole. I, it's just – so quick and like, you know, he's his, his, he stays underneath himself. He never gets lost and just he doesn't take these big glancing blows, but uh, extremely important to have him back. But I think more so in the passing game and not his catching the way the defense responds to him. We hit a big corner route at one point in the game is because he came out the backfield and he ran a little option route, you know, right outside and the corner and the backer. They just attacked him. And so there was a huge void behind there, and that's where he really helps this this team. But he looked fantastic, and I, I don't have to tell you, imagine the Saints without Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's I'm, I still marvel at some of the things Kamara does. The little touchdown pass, I guess you call it, where they just kind of toss it in front of him. I mean, how did he score? I, like how? <laughs> he had to he had to bubble around, and the, all the Packers are guys, guys are there, and he puts his foot in the ground, and boom, he's in the end zone. I mean, I just – both those guys are – they're great, great players, um, and they're so fun to watch. You know, you well, let, me, let me jump in right here for one second. <laughs> Alvin's thing is he's got an amazing ability to get skinny when he needs to get skinny. Yeah, well, Jake, you know what I'm talking about. But, I mean, he, he can yes. just 
he can twist and he can turn and you can't get a square blow on him. And I assume some of that's the same with Christian. It seems that way. They know when the split defenders, there was a, a play the other day. Um, we, we checked it down to him in the red, red area where he catches it and it's upfield immediately. And there's two defenders where he splits them. There's not trying to make one miss out. You split them and go right through them. And it's a few more yards. And the, Kamara, you hit, he can get skinny, but his balance. I think they're both, they have balance that is, I don't think there's many other people in this league that have the balance that they had. I remember a few years back, it was a fourth and short in the Superdome, and they faked the dive, quick pitch to Kamara, and he's running to the pylon, and Luke Keekley reads it, and Luke is hit. Luke hits him and stops him at the one, and they coming down. Well, Kamara lands, but his knees doesn't touch. He just kind of, the angle of his ankles go this way, and he pushes one more time and gets it in. It's like you don't see people doing that to Luke Keekley. Earlier, you alluded to the big game that the Saints had on Sunday with that big 35-point win over Green Bay. What surprised you about that matchup? Um, I think the score, and to be quite honest, it wasn't until um, Tuesday I was able to watch the film because sure. I'm in Charlotte, and, and so I was finally able to watch it. And, I, yes, the score, I think, was surprising um, because you're just not expecting that. Um, but in watching it, I was just so impressed. Yes, the Saints on offense. But I just – I think that's Sean Payton. I expected him to be good on offense. I think Sean – and this is going to sound crazy. I think he's so underrated as a play caller. I don't think people give him enough credit how great he is as a play caller and designer. But defensively, the speed at which the defense played with. I thought that was was great. Uh, Watching that defensive front get after Aaron Rodgers, Demario Davis, and Quan Alexander, I mean – he, caught, he he tore his Achilles nine months ago. And, and just to watch, especially early in the game, he made a tackle on Green Bay's running back. Like, okay, that's the first down. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, it's just – and DeMario with the, the fierceness that he, that he plays with. So that's the thing that stood out, just the physicality of the Saints defense and just how well they're coached. Even twice I noticed during the game, one was Davenport, and it was actually a sack on Aaron, and the other one was Cam – and it was an incomplete pass, but they rush the passer. The, the quarterback's kind of outside the tackle box, and they don't go for a fake. They run with one hand up in the air and still run towards the quarterback. That's hard because you think you can make a defensive end miss and make him go in the air. That's just good coaching, just big, large men giving you not giving you vision and just not stopping coming right at you. So I think just good coaching, good scheme, and – they were fast, man. They were fast and physical, and they wanted to be on that field Sunday. It, they made Green Bay not to want to be on that field. That's what it, that's what it looked like when you watch film. Looking at this matchup against the Panthers and Saints, what are some of the areas of concern that you have that the Panthers are going to have to really kind of key in on? Well, I think just things from last year that go into this year. We were not the best on third down. Uh, we weren't the best on red zone, and we left a couple of opportunities against the Jets in the red area. One on the fumble, and we had a look. We should, probably should have had a touchdown pass from um, Sam Darnold to Ian Thomas, and things like that. You can't do that against the Saints. And then also, we're going to have to protect really well. Um, I, you know, we, the Jets did some good things. They have a pretty good front four. That's by far the strength of their defense, and um, they hit Sam a good bit. And um, that's going to be an area where we're going to have to play really well. 
Um, I do understand Davenport will be out. That's a huge loss for the Saints. I don't think there's any doubt. But there's so many other guys that they can rotate in there um, and, and linebacker play. I just think I keep on harping back to that. I just find the linebacker play for the Saints was outstanding. So trying to establish a run game uh, to be able to help take shots. And, and we've got to hold up. You, you really have to hold up in, the pa- in pass protection. Now, Jake, you know the affection and affinity that we have for, for Teddy Bridgewater, so there will be no Teddy slander here. But but th- does Sam seem to fit better what Carolina wants to do offensively? Because, you know, obviously it, w- it was a big ac- acquisition, and, and, you know, he looks like he's pretty comfortable with what Carolina wants to do on offense. Yeah, you know, um, the unfortunate thing with COVID last year, I couldn't go to any games. I couldn't do the radio. So I never truly got to see us play in person. I just think there's something different about that. And I think Teddy did many, many great things. But I think the thing, ultimately, the Panthers were 0-8 in games decided by a touchdown or less, where they had opportunities. Mm -hmm. And fair or not, no Christian, I get it. It comes down to the quarterback. That's just the – I mean, that's the NFL. We all know that. And so they were able to get a young kid – that he's 24 years old and I mentioned it yesterday on Charlotte radio uh, seeing Sam for the first time in person Sunday just kind of looking at his size he reminds you of uh, of a Philip Rivers kind of like country strong I mean I know he's from California but he's more of a burly type of guy not as tall as Philip Philip is a large person but uh I just found there was just substance to Sam and uh Shoney can take a hit wasn't afraid to stand up in the pocket He's a lot more athletic than you think. I mean, Sam can run a little bit. So I just think they wanted to go with youth um, and get somebody in um, that he was a third overall pick a few years ago. I mean, if you hit right, you're talking about a major step forward for this organization. And I think that's what the Panthers were looking at. I know it's just a one game sample with Jameis Winston, but Jameis has been in the league for a while and you saw the film from Sunday's game. Uh, what did you think, I guess, mostly about his decision-making process? Because he said one of the one of the throws he was most proudest of was a throwaway, um, more so than anything. Did you see, uh, I guess, a bit of a difference in his decision-making from Tampa? Well, yes. But the last time I saw Jameis play was 2019. And I saw him play on Thursday night, week two, against the Panthers in Charlotte. And – in essence, Jameis won that game for the for the Buccaneers that night. I don't, I, I from what I recall, I, and I'm, I'm drawing on memory here, he was very efficient in the second half. We hit him, but he made the plays that he had. He extended plays. He got out in the pocket, made uh, I want to say a big play to Godwin at one uh, part of the game, and they ended up beating the Panthers. And then later in that year, they played in London, and he had a debacle. It was five interceptions, a fumble. You know, so I've seen him do it. I just think he'll do it consistently with Sean. I'm a big believer in Sean Payton. But I what, Sunday when I wa- thought, Jameis is in shape. He looks yeah. physically fit. And watching him run early in the game on that one first down run, he looked fast. He looked mobile. Um, I, I, the throwaway was fantastic. The fourth down touchdown pass to Jawan. One person was catching it. It was Jawan or nobody else. I, I think little things like that. And listen, being around Drew, being around Sean, the kid's uber talented. He's super talented. He can really throw the football. And I think he's kind of embraced, um, you know, 
learning so much, but also the culture. That's a strong culture they have in New Orleans. I know I keep on praising the Saints, but you have to. You have to give them credit what they've done, you know, the last decade and a half. It's okay to praise the Saints. You're from Louisiana. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, you're, you're talking about the transition to a new quarterback just for the entire team. You've been there in the past from the Saints to the Panthers. Um, leading the Panthers as a starting quarterback there. How difficult is it for everybody to kind of get on the same page going into the season? You know, I, I think it can be somewhat, but that's what the off season's for. And, 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 and go back to Teddy, when, when John mentioned early, earlier, there was no off season last year. I mean, it, it just so everything was so skewed, but Sam has been there all off season. The players love him. They kind of got to know him really well and um, learning Joe Brady's system. Um, so he, he's had a chance. Now, will there be some growing pains? I'm, sh- I'm sure there will be. But when you get the offseason, you get camp. He's had numerous reps with the ones. He never had to split. So I think you can make up that ground. Um, we saw Drew Brees do it in 06 with the Saints. I mean, he came out on fire. Um, and, and I know myself, my first year in Carolina was 03. I, we split reps. And you went Rodney to the P, Super Bowl, myself. right? Yeah, we Let's did. Not... But, but we we, we – <laughs> We got better passing game-wise as the season went on. Steve was only in year three. In essence, I was in year one starting, but we had a strong running game to kind of fall back on, and we grew. So that that helped us tremendously. But, you know, I, I see Sam. There's a good report uh, rapport with uh, Robbie Anderson, first off, but then DJ Moore. I mean, he's a legitimate number one wide receiver in the NFL. Terrace Marshall from LSU has shown flash, flashes. So, um, And then again, Christian. You know, when all else fails, find McCaffrey. How much have you enjoyed your new role as the radio analyst working on the broadcast team for the Panthers? I don't like it. I love it. I, I just, <laughs> I really and truly do. I'm a football nerd. I, I love football. Um, I love high school football. I, I, I like college. I love college. But, you know, high school and NFL, I love them. I just, I love both of them. I love being back in Carolina, you know, just, you know, that place was special to me. It was good to me. And I just enjoy it so much. You get to call the game. You get to be around these great athletes and try to watch the game evolve. I just think my, I'm just lucky. I, I just truly, truly love it. What are you looking forward to most about this matchup between the Saints and the Panthers? I think the biggest thing, I want to see how the, the Panthers match up. I mean, this is a, a very strong roster, top to bottom, with the Saints. Um, you know, living here in Lafayette and you hear people talk and, you know, oh, no Drew Brees and it's going to be a changing of the guard and, oh, my gosh, with the salary cap. And it's like, guys, this roster is loaded. It's a loaded roster for the Saints. It's, you know, Jeff Ireland and Mickey have done an unbelievable job of stacking this roster, of drafting great, not only first round, but, like, down the line. So I just think it's a good uh, – a good matchup for the Panthers in that we beat the Jets. And I'm going to be honest, we had a better roster. We're a better football team than them. um, That would have been a huge disappointment had we not had a win. But the Saints coming into division opponent, first off, coming into Panther Stadium uh, off a complete debacle. I mean, they they destroyed Green Bay. There was just no other way to put it. So you know you're going to be tested. And what better way than to strap it on and see how you compete? Because, yes, Tampa, New Orleans, they're going to be the class of the NFC South kind of thinking-wise going in. Um, and it looks like it played out week one. 
So let's see how we stack up and let's see, you know, where the Panthers can go because they're very young, youngest team in the National Football League. So we'll see where they can go from here. But what what a great test and to go up against the Saints. Jake, when you've been on on the positive side of a lopsided game like that, how easy is it, I guess, to erase that and move on and be a business like approach for the next game or, you know, how how long or sometimes does it just linger? Well, I mean, one, you you like it because I'm sure the mental errors were extremely low for that game. Uh, everybody's feeling good about themselves. Uh, obviously, they prepared a certain way, so you hope that carries over because that's that's a veteran team. But I was told a long time ago by Scott Fajita when we were in Cleveland together, the year the Saints won the Super Bowl, what were they, 12, 13-0 and 0 before the first loss? And Scott would say, Jake, every Monday when we came in after a win, he said, Sean would rip us a new one. He said it was like we lost. I mean, he just – but Sean knew the team he had. And that was just his way. He goes, and then we lost. And, gosh, was it Miami they lost to from what I re- – I can't remember who was the first loss that year. But he said, so we lose. And the next day we were all kind of talking like, oh, my gosh, what is he going to tell us today? You know, I mean, he hammered us after we won so many in a row. And Sean came in and he said he was the complete opposite. Like, hey, didn't play that good. We're going to correct our mistakes. We'll go forward. We're playing well. So I just think that's somebody that has a pulse. So I would assume Sean probably is going to be on him this week to make sure, um, you know, hey, don't feel so good about yourself. It's one game. It's one game. And uh, don't sweep the little mistakes under the rug because that's so easy to do on a win. Um, you just kind of sweep them under the rug. Well, we won. It's okay. No, you correct them, you fix them, and you move on. And I think Sean has a great pulse of that. All right, just a, a couple other questions on sure. the broadcasting side. What makes you more nervous, the broadcast or when you had to step onto the football field to play? Well, I will say this. Stepping on the field to play, it was more of the anxious. I just couldn't wait to do it. I think that's one thing. Uh, but I, I, I felt so rusty last week having a year off. <laughs> Uh, I felt really good toward the end of the 19th season, like seeing the game, my preparation, how I took my notes during the game. And I have my own little way of doing things. And I just early on, I was like, gosh, I just don't feel sharp, you know, because your mind's just not ready for it, not used to it because we don't do the preseason radio. So um, I was a little I was very anxious and nervous last week. But uh, but as the game went on, I got comfortable, settled in. So just looking forward to this week. Hey, they say the biggest improvement is from game one to game two, right? <laughs> well, let's hope so. I know the Panthers are going to have to improve because, um, you know, like I said, did some good things, um, but it's going to have to improve to face that, uh, this opponent. All right. I really appreciate you joining us. Lots of good insight on both the Panthers and the Saints ahead of their matchup this Sunday. Well, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to a good game, and we'll see, uh, we'll see where we stack up. Great stuff from Jake DeLome. Love listening to him and all of his insight on not only this game, but some of his time playing as well. John, I know there's something we want want to mention definitely before we let this one go. Thoughts and prayers with the family of linebacker Paris Harrelson, who passed at the age of 37, somebody that you covered for a while when he was here with the Saints. Yeah, he only played a couple of seasons for the Saints, but if you notice the social media posts revolving around him, you see the impact that he made on his teammates. Um, what I remember as, you know, more than anything, more so than a player is, you know, Paris in the locker room. He was a guy who who he didn't really suffer fools. If you had a question, it probably better be a good one. Or Paris would look at you a little bit sideways and he'd be like, okay, you got to come better than that. So he made you actually 
better if you wanted to ask questions. You had to think about how intelligent that question was going to be. Otherwise, Paris was going to look at you a little bit funny and he might not even answer. He might just be like, okay, and move on to somebody else. But he was an engaging guy once you got to know him. Um, had a scowl on his face a lot of times when we saw him as the media. Um, but he really obviously made an impact with his teammates because, again, you see the post and the love that's been poured out to him and his family. And, you know, obviously only 37 years old. And, you know, it's got to be a tragedy for his family. I, I can't imagine what they're going through right now. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they're, they're drawing strength from one another and, and from some of the wonderful things that are being said about Paris because obviously he was a really, really good person, a great teammate and, and um, beloved by, by a lot of people. He was brought on to help with the leadership side of things here in, in New Orleans. Played his last two seasons of an eight-year career with the Saints. Definitely want to keep him, his family, and our thoughts and prayers. And I know a lot of Saints fans will have fond memories of his time on the field here for us. Definitely going to have some good times coming up as well with Week 2 Panthers and Saints coming up this weekend. That game is at 12 o'clock in Carolina. Make sure you're tuning in and following us for everything. Going up until pregame, we'll have all the stories and coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com. You can find the podcast there as well or Apple Podcasts. And make sure that you tune in, subscribe, so you always get us Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. For John DeShazer, I'm Erin Summers. On Friday, we will be joined by Jen Hale, who is a sideline reporter for the upcoming game this weekend the Carolina Panthers against the Saints. Thanks, guys.